Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Blog Talk Radio. John B. Bring it on here. Let them see it where you come from. Different. 
some people are more verbose than other authors. Uh, but it's, you always you got you got a real rich experience in terms of uh, figuring out like what the backstory is to certain books and what kind of life experiences uh, uh, cause that book to come to fruition. Another one of the questions is um, how long did it take you to write the book? And that that uh, and what is your writing process? And, and the answers to those two questions um, run the gamut from people. Uh, one person actually said um, that their original manuscript, was, which was written in a notebook, was actually burned in the backyard by her abuser. And she, um, she it took her ten years to regain the confidence to actually write that book, type it up, and actually get it published. And she's like on her fourth book now. Um, we have other people that are like have been imprisoned, and you know, just to pass the time, they've they've you know uh, started writing short stories and saying, "Hey, I can write books better than what I've been reading." And other people say, "Hey, why don't you do it then?" And, you know, a month later, they have a manuscript. Um, some people have uh, started off blogging their ideas and thoughts, and then just you know, over time, people have started to um, uh, gravitate towards them, and then next thing you know, they're just like. I can make this into a book and further, you know, expose readers to it. So the cool thing about that author interview series is that it really started off being um, a vehicle to actually get, give black authors a chance to be heard, a, a chance to have a media outlet that they don't normally have access to because for, for, a, for a long time, even though street fiction, urban lit, uh, were extremely popular, um, there was more to black literature than those two things. And I'm not downplaying that because I actually do. One of my favorite genres is urban lit. But what, what I noticed in terms of media coverage, it, it wasn't that many outlets or not many outlets that I knew of. So one of the things that I want to do with the author interview series is actually allow authors a chance to actually speak about their books and, and talk about what makes them tick as an author what makes the books what they are, and um, it's 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 been real interesting because even now, it's, it's expanded. It's starting to expand past just being black authors. Um, I right. still have, you know, uh, I would say a majority of the um, authors that I interview are black and they are American, but now mm-hmm. I'm starting to get um, Caucasian authors. I'm starting to get I, right now, like I think out of the last ten author interviews I've done, I have when I say last twenty, I've had. Um, a person from a small town in Australia, somebody from Ireland, somebody from England. Um, I, I've had a bishop um, that is, he's an international bishop, but he's based in Zimbabwe, but his, his headquarters is in the U.K. So having that international um, variety of authors has, like, really expanded my readership, too, because now I'm starting to get um, readers from different countries to actually look at my author interview series which is further exposing African-American authors to a global, you know, global readership. Right, right. Yeah. And, that's and, and I, really, I, I really like that. I really like that because, um, sorry to cut you off, but I really like that because with the advent of this, this new wave of publishing, with um, e-books being a trend, well, more than a trend now, but actually being like a, um, a viable asset to authors in terms of getting their books into the, um, you know, in front of readers, me actually having this website it can be a real critical key in order to gain a large readership without having to travel the world to do so. Wow. This is really um, good. I'm enjoying this. Um, I was like, how am I going to interview the interviewer? Because <laughs> so, oh, yeah. you have what? so many that you've done. I, I just glanced at your website again before the show, and I'm like, wow. Okay. 
So tell me how you even got started with this, Mike. Well, um, back in 2006, uh, actually before 2006, you know, you know how it is. Some some people they 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 get addicted to the internet. They get addicted to like being in forums or checking out websites. Like I'm a, I'm an information junkie, so I like to read stuff. Um, and stuff that I think I can halfway apply, I might not necessarily go follow through on applying it, but I like to read a lot of nonfiction type stuff, like a lot of psychology stuff and business stuff and uh, news articles and stuff like that. So the, the Internet is perfect for that because you can do all that stuff. It's kind of like having every library in the world and then some right there in your house on a computer. So I just started started trying to find a way to actually – find that intersection between something instructive that I can still do that's still interesting, you know. So when I started my website, joyfinger.com, in 2006, one thing that I uh, was doing was, I, like, I, I wrote books about uh, pit bulls. I wrote books about acne, acne prevention, weight loss. I, I saw I, that I, on the website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I was kind of, like, all over the place, but my my main true love is books. I love book covers, I love different authors, I love different genres, or most genres. I can't say I love all genres, but, you know, but I do love the concept of the book. You know, the person, they they actually use their imagination, some of their life experiences, some of the research, and they they pull it all together into a captivating story that they don't necessarily have to tell it to you, but they can, you know, they can live thousands of miles away, but you can actually read that book and, and, and step into a totally different world. So that's going to always be one of my main loves, and what I did was eventually I was like, why don't I try to do book reviews? The thing about doing book reviews is, for me, it takes me, I'm a fairly fast reader, but when you read and write and you have to edit and make sure that what you write is actually understandable to somebody else, that you don't have the opportunity to actually clarify certain things, it takes a little bit longer, and um, I started, you know, I started with, like, Urban Book Source and uh, CB Book Distribution. I used to do book reviews for them. And while I was doing book reviews, um, uh, I noticed that I really enjoyed it, but it, it took a little. It took it took sometimes a week to actually write a good book review. And um, and what happened was I ended up begging ton, dozens of authors, you know, to let me review that book. And a lot of them thought I was just trying to get a book for free. And so a lot of them didn't really pick up on it because they started seeing those reviews start to trickle out. And at one point I was getting like three or four books a, uh, a week. And I was just getting avalanche. I had like a laundry um, laundry basket full of books, and if you can imagine, that probably weighed about sixty, seventy pounds. You know, it was it was a lot of books. And um, I, I started thinking, I was just like, why don't why there's got to be a quicker way to to get the information from the author and get it back out there. And that's where the interview series came from. One day I was just like, I tell you what, we're gonna do a mini interview. Somebody asked me like, yeah, I want to, you know, I want you to review my book. I want you to read it, this and that. And I was like, you know what? I'm so behind on book reviews, but I've been toying around with this idea. Would you like to do a, a, a interview? And he was like, yeah. And so when I started getting book review requests, I started sending, uh, replying back with, would you like to do an, um, an interview? And um, I, 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 you know. Kind of prior to starting doing that, I started like thinking like, what are like some basic questions that readers, writers, publishers, book lovers, what what are some of the five basic things or you know uh, that people would would like to know about a book or what would I like to know about a book? So I came up with the five basic questions. You know, like what what makes your books different from the other person? Um, 
uh, what was your inspiration in writing the book? Like, what initiated that? Uh, what is your, how is how is your promotional methods? You know, your your book exposure methods actually helping you out. Like, what are you doing to promote your book? What's your writing process? How long does it take? And what's next for you? What, you know, what do you have on the horizon? None of you done this book. Do you have any other books on the in the in the works? And um, came up with a format. And it took a while to actually tweak the whole, get the requests, send the questions out, and get the um, get the answers and format it. And so over the years, it's it's taking a you know it's 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 like a work in progress. There's always something changing. I'm always pulling something out, putting something else in, and kind of tweaking it here and there. And uh, that that instead of like writing about various subjects like back acne, uh, back acne, and weight loss, and Thanksgiving parties, and you know, just being all over the place, I, I started to slowly focus on how about we do author interviews? How about we take authors and give them a chance to show the readers what their book is about, what how their book came about being. And uh, what is on the horizon for that author, you know? And and it's helped a lot of different people because I, I've had people say, you know, I've looked at your website, and you know, I've been a closet writer, you know, I got stuff that I'll be writing and stuff. And you give, you know, I read so and so's interview, and that gave me the confidence because that I can relate to that interview because I did, I was the same way, you know, somebody died in my family, and the only way to cope was it writing my diaries. And I noticed I had a lot of stuff. I let people read my diary. They're like, girl, this is a great book. You should put this out and. That's the same thing she said, and she has a book out now. She's on your, you know, she's on your website, and I've seen her a couple of different places. So I'm going to do the same thing. So you know, to actually go from somebody who was actually begging people to, to you know, uh, read their book, to actually starting to get paid to do this, you know, and keep it going is, is a true blessing. Yes, it is absolutely. Wow, wow, you really, you're really doing it. I must say, you are really doing it and doing it very well. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and when I come okay. back, co-host has a few, um, I know he has one question he wants to ask, um, sure. so we'll be back.
We are back, and tonight our guest is Joey uh, Pinkney. And it's Pinkney pink, like your knee is pink. Pink. Okay. I was, I was wondering. Yeah. What, I was hoping I was pronouncing it right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and my co-host Mario is on the line. Mario. Hey, how you doing tonight, Joey? Doing good, Mario. How you doing, man? I'm actually not doing good at all. I'm actually oh, sick right now. But I, I just had to uh, come on the show and, and tell you you're doing an awesome job and we appreciate you coming on the show. And I looked at a lot of things you had done as far as the interview process, and one book kind of stood out to me, and that was the one about uh, Seed of a Satan. And yeah. mm-hmm. I pretty much wanted to ask you, when you sat down and you read the book and and you wanted to get your questions together for this book, what drove you to ask the question about, uh, let me look at it right now, it was the question I was, I was reading. Oh, one, like, one thing to what, keep in mind is, one thing to keep in mind is, I don't necessarily read the book. Like, I haven't read that book. I, just, I send them the questions, and then okay. they answer those questions. So, okay. uh, right. so, so the question she much. got, yeah, the question she got is, is the question that most of the authors get, and that's that's one of the things I like about it because, based on the the subject of the book, you never get the same answers. You know, if you go back right. through the archives, you will see tons of different types of answers for the same questions. That's that's you know that's that's one of the beauties of it. Oh, okay, okay. Because yeah. I was looking yeah. at the question when you said, "What set seed of Satan like apart from?" You know, like from pretty much any book that's similar to that book title itself. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, just want to Linda, know, like, I what think you, Leonard Brown. I'm sorry, man. What you say? No, I was just saying. I just want to know, like, what? Because that was the question I would ask myself, like, because we talking about Satan. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I just want to ask you that question because when she yeah. asked, when she answered the question, I want to know what, what was your feedback of her asking asking that question. You know what? I, when I read that, I thought that was a real good, um, a real good answer to her question, to the question I asked it. Because when you look at it, when you see Satan in the title, you automatically think that it's you know the person that, were, that would write a book like that is demonic. But she's actually um, extremely Christian. You know, she's well well founded in a Christian. One of the things she talks about is that uh, one of the things that she learned from uh, being in church and the pastor that she has is that there's spiritual warfare going on. On, on a level that we don't see with our physical eyes. And, you know, being a prayer warrior and uh, being uh, astute in, in uh, spiritual warfare is something that's just as critical uh, for a Christian as um, praying and paying tithes. And I thought it was real interesting because one of the things that she talked about in that particular book, because I've actually interviewed her twice for this book series, because that's the second book in the, in the book series, Invisible Enemies. One thing that Linda talks about is that um, that that book really, the seed of Satan is really more so about uh, the Nephilim, which is talked about in, in um, Genesis, Genesis six, I think fourteen, where it talks about the giants that um that came that um were having children. They they were actually angels, but they were actually having children with human women, and the offspring were like half angelic, half half human. So they weren't full human; they were humongous. And uh, she was really talking about. Uh, the, uh, the 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 spirit of uh, a spirit coming down and actually uh, procreating with a woman and actually having a child that is not fully human, uh, 
and what effect does that have on a family? What effect does it have on society at, at large? Uh, one thing about her is, like, if you read the first interview I did with her, um, the first book in this series is called Invisible Enemies. One thing she talks about is that she really got into the whole um, uh, doing horoscopes and doing tarot cards and stuff like that. And um, so one of her coworkers actually asked her, um, so, so you are a pagan, so you're dealing witchcraft, you do black magic? She was like, no, I deal with white magic. And she explained everything. And I forgot the title of the two books that her coworker handed her. But um, after reading those books, she totally denounced, you know, doing horoscopes and tarot cards and stuff like that. And, and it really drew her closer to um, being a strong Christian. And one thing that she wanted to cover in her books were things that weren't, weren't necessarily covered in the standard for, uh, for Christian fiction. So although um, on the outside looking in, some of her titles and some of the subject matter that she covers looks um, controversial, um, Upon further inspection, you kind of see that you know that they they have um, they have a place, and and it's extremely interesting to actually see somebody who has done research um, to actually you know incorporate that into fiction in a way that we can all you know kind of gain more knowledge about it. Wow, wow. Whew. Okay. Um, I have. Um Another co-host that is joining me today, Deandrea. Okay. Deandrea? Yes. Hi. Do you have any Hi. questions for Joey? Hi, Joey. How are you? Doing good. How are you doing? Pretty good. I'm telling you, I've looked over your um, your interviews, and I've looked at the, the back knee uh series, and I think that you have done some awesome, awesome work, and I just commend you for it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Absolutely. It's it's awesome to have someone out here that's giving a voice to those who, like you said, are not in the mainstream of publishing houses and um, magazines and different things like that. So it's awesome to see someone working for the the man, not the poor man, but the man that doesn't have a way to get out to those big places just yet. Right, right. Because you know, when you look at it, you write a book. It is it, it can be extremely hard finding your target market. It can be extremely hard um, finding uh, cost effective cost effective ad avenues, publicity. You know that that stuff can you know get pretty expensive and end up you paying you you end up pay paying to publish. And one thing that I, I try to do is kind of keep everything cost-effective, um, and I also try to make sure that it, it's interesting, you know. And and I try to find new ways to get get the word out about these different books and about these different authors to readers around the world. And, and it's it's kind of cool for it to develop, see to to see it develop over time. So I, I appreciate um, appreciate your encouraging words. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I I see that you have interviewed many, many, many authors, and just Mm -hmm. out of curiosity, is there any one author that has stood out for you or that has been an inspiration to you um, that that is, you know, head and shoulders above the rest that you can comment on? Uh, Let's see. Some some of my uh, more interesting author interviews, I wouldn't necessarily say they're head and shoulders above the rest, but, you know, that, that can get a little sticky because people end up emailing me. I thought I was your favorite author. But um, I would say 
I was contacted by one of the guys from uh, The Wire who who uh, used to act in, in The Wire. And um, I did an author interview with him, and I actually got to speak with him personally uh, before and after doing the interview just to kind of get his takes on being an actor in the industry and um, going to industry events and stuff like that. So that was real cool. Um, I came across another author in California who actually co-writes with Faith Evans. And um, she has a trade-off for me to actually review her book and actually, you know, do a book review and post it on Barnes and Nobles and um, wow. uh, Amazon and stuff like that. As a trade-off, she said, I'll get you an interview with Faith Evans. And I was just wow. like, yeah, yeah, cool, let's do it. So, you know, actually got um, Faith Evans as a part of this author interview series. Um, recently, wow. I think I think one of the more interesting interviews that I've done it's actually the two that stand out, right? Well, all the all the author interviews I do are interesting to me on some level, but I thought right. that really stand out was um, Heath Samples. Actually, just I think I posted his interview most recently, or maybe mm-hmm. no, no, he's he's the second most recent interview that I posted. He's a guy. He um he lives in English. He was a part of the Royal Air Force, and mm-hmm. um he's a history buff, and he really um liked Princess Diana. When she died, mm. he took a different. He took a different take on the book. Instead of writing about um, her past and writing about her death and stuff like that, he kind of wrote a "what if" book. He was like, "What? What if she lived? What? Where was? She, where would she be doing now? You know, how would she change history in terms of British history, global history? Because even though she had um, divorced uh, Prince Charles, she mm-hmm. was a, um, a public figure. She had her own." Uh, Identity. She had her own momentum going. Yeah, her own identity, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah, and and so if she was actually, if she would have survived or not even been in that car crash, what mm-hmm. impact would her identity have not only on on Britain but also the world? And so he wrote that book, and that's the only book. If you if you do the research, that's the only book that actually talks about her potential future as wow. opposed to her her past. You know, so that that was that was real interesting that he actually um came out with that, and um I kind of met him. I met him on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he asked, you know, what do I do? And I kind of told him, I'm like, hey, I can send you the information if you want. Um, mm-hmm. I do the author interviews, you know. I, um, I charge twenty five dollars for the service because it's not. I don't just post the interviews on my website and just let them sit. I actually twenty four seven. I'm constantly putting out social media updates to Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, LinkedIn. Um, I'm making uh, video snippets, and posting on YouTube, really? posting on uh, Daily Motion. Uh, uh, Meta Cafe, like all these, you know, I'm doing a whole bunch of back-end stuff to try to get people to come to the website and see mm-hmm. it, and, um, you know, and then also, like, with me having, like, 39,000 followers on Twitter, when mm-hmm. I get, when I put something out there, it's it potentially can be retweeted by anybody in the world, you know, so Absolutely. it's kind of cool that that whole synergistic effect can be uh, gained just from being, you know, being a part of the interview series. Told him about all that stuff, and he kind of he was like, okay, and um, he asked me a couple of questions. And the next thing you know, we were in business. You know, I got the stuff done for him. Um, mm-hmm. So he was really interesting. Also, there's an interview by um, an author named Nasira, and um, her book is let's see, what's the title of her book? It's her, the title of her book is Kidra. And what I found interesting about that, like in reading the interview, one of the things she actually talks about is there's not a lot of black authors um, that. Are, well, there are not a lot of books that are well known by black authors that True. cover vampire fiction. 
you know, like fiction with like vampire, werewolf, paranormal, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. instead of just writing about vampires and just making the vampire black, she actually <laughs> took it a step further where she actually like did the research on what was the real theme of the story of Dracula. And right, the origin. Yeah, and she was like, what she came up with was that the true theme of that story was that um, vampires, in terms of humans' perception of vampires, was that they couldn't be respected. They couldn't they, they couldn't um, uh, show love and actually really love somebody. And mm-hmm. um, they were they were always denied that because they were vampires. And mm-hmm. she wanted to kind of pick up pick up back on the original thing about vampires as opposed to talking about the gory stuff. She's like, there's gore and stuff, there's blood and people getting bitten and stuff. But really, it's a love story. It's, it's a story about being denied the ability to love. But she she took the twist even further and made the um, the vampire um, actually have a African child. Hmm. And um, when when um, when another vampire falls in love with her and she denies him love, that other vampire actually says about the, like either you gonna love me or I'm gonna kill you, one or the other. Hmm. And her parents, her African parents, end up sending her to America. She becomes this. Uh, well-respected concert pianist, mm-hmm. and you know, and um, the, the the vampire ends up like destroying the the village, and he comes to America and he's trying to pursue her, and she's on the run from him. But I mean, that, that's that's a story that you don't necessarily come across if you go to Barnes and Noble. That's the story you don't come across in just general conversation. But mm-hmm. I think it would be real interesting, you know, like how many black vampires do you know of, you know? And she talked right. about it. She was like, you know. You got Vampire in Brooklyn. You know the movies like Blackula, Vampire in Brooklyn, right, and right. stuff like that. But right. um, what what kind of serious intellectual look at vampire culture, black culture, and put them together? What kind of books do we really have about that? And mm-hmm. um, it's not that many. I'm not saying right. that she is the only one, but you know she actually adds to the genre as opposed to trying right. to piggyback on it, piggyback on its um, success. So I think that's real interesting, you know. Yeah, and and you know what it is about the ones that are interesting. You know, we've interviewed several authors, and, you know, one that always sticks out for a black writer's space is uh, Monique Smith and her story, you know, about uh, being an abducted child and, you know, not knowing her real mother and, you know, being raised by her abductees and how she has to, you know, she wrote a book. And, I mean, the she's got charitable works going on. And, I mean, that story, I mean, there's not a day that goes by that I don't speak about her and how awesome, you know, of a person just, just talking to her, how you're just inspired, you know, just because of her story and her strength and, you know, the, the um, tenacity that she had to continue on. So, you know, it's always a story that will stick with you or stay with you or something that's interesting. And um, so we do have some more questions for you. I you, I have a million. I know Tiffany does too. Um, but we're going to take a break right now. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to ask you some more questions on the other side and take some calls from some callers, okay? Sounds good. All right. We'll be right back.
are back with our um, guest today, Joey Pinkney. I think I got it right that time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Are you there? I am. I am. Joey? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Okay, another question I have for you is, and you kind of touched on it, um, if if a writer and author wanted to... um, you know, have you do the five-minute interview or to feature them, what would they have to do and what would the fee be? Like, would the, is there a length of time that that, um, that you, you know, that you focus on them or how does that exactly go? Yeah, um, basically the basic rundown is this. They get in contact with me. You know, I send them the information if they decide to do so. I include a way for them to pay me through PayPal. And the cool thing about PayPal is uh, you can pay check, debit, credit, or with your PayPal account, so you don't necessarily have to have a PayPal account. But once that's, once that's completed, I send them a link to the um, author interview submission form. And that form has all the, the um, information I need to create the um, interview. So it asks you all the questions, title of the book, who the publisher is, the author name, uh uh, has places on there where you can actually put in your Twitter account, Facebook account, other social media accounts, your website. Um, it allow you to um, upload um, upload your face, uh, I mean your headshot, and also upload the, the um, book cover. And once you submit that, normally I get it up and running within like 72 hours. Because sometimes I have people ahead, or sometimes I'm doing other things. But normally, like within it's it's within like on, realistically, it's, it's done within 24 hours. But I always give myself mm-hmm. a little double cushion just in case I go out of town or something else pops up, or if I have a lot of them that come in at the same time. Uh, you know, I, I, I get up there within 72 hours. Now, in terms of doing the uh, social media aspect of it, mm-hmm. um, I, I run those updates like every 20 minutes around the clock, you know, as much as possible. Um, okay. What I normally do is I tend to keep those slots re- reserved for the last 10 people that I've interviewed. Okay. So so once you become the 11th person that I've interviewed, then mm-hmm. you, you get taken out and the most recent person gets put into your slot. Uh, that can be as quick as 10 days. For most people, they see their stuff being on uh, repetition for about like 
two, maybe sometimes three weeks, because I don't necessarily get all the interviews back to back to back every single day. So mm-hmm. sometimes it lapses where two or three days I might not post all the interview, which means that your interview is actually going to stay in rotation for longer. Um, now, in terms of it being on my website, it's going to be there as long as the website is there. Okay. You know, so I don't I don't take them off. You can always go into the search engine and, you know, put your name in or put an author's name in or a keyword or something. It'll pull up that interview. Or you can just kind of flip through the or, um, archives and kind of find your interview. So it's always going to be there. I highlight, I try to highlight, like, the first, the, the most recent 10 or 11 interviews on the home page. Mm-hmm. Once you become, like, that 11th person, you kind of go back to the second page. So I try to keep the most recent stuff on the front page. But, you know, it stays up there. Um, I've had people, like, after they go out of rotation, another service that I offer that I haven't highlighted, but when people contact me, sometimes I let them know that um, if you want to get, let's say I interviewed you and mm-hmm. you stay in rotation and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing a heavy promotion for you uh, for, you know, let's say two weeks and then all of a sudden you notice that you're not getting those sweets anymore, you're not getting the shout-outs anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, what what I've, I've given authors that I've interviewed in the past the option to pay 10 bucks. And what I would do is leave their um, their social media updates in queue for another thirty days. Oh, okay. the cool thing about cool thing about that is um, it's act, one thing I like about that is it's actually gained some positive uh, effects. Like the last three people that have done that, I've, I've actually sold books uh, for them through my website. Whereas uh-huh. like the first the first time around, it really didn't it really didn't catch on. But then mm-hmm. afterwards, you know, it started to, um, you know, people started buying books because they they started right. seeing it for a longer period of time. So, it's, it, you know, that kind of works out. Now, one cool thing that I noticed is that even when you go to your website and you, even if you just want to get information about you and you try to go onto that uh, that author submission form, you have to have a password. That's something I've never seen before. So that just goes mm-hmm. to show, you know, how much you're on your business. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah. I don't want to get the random uh, author interview from somebody who's like, "Hey, I, I like to do that." Okay, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's people that actually pay their dues to get in, and you know, I'm working for them, so you know, I like to work for you too. But you get you'll get all that stuff once we get the business part handled. You know, right. it, I mean, it really is a business because I'm not just posting stuff on my website and just letting it sit there. You know, like I'm I'm constantly talking to different readers about the book. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm constantly pointing out that I'm actually creating videos for the book. I'm posting those videos everywhere. And, like, if you actually do a Google search for any of the author's um, book titles, uh-huh. a lot of times I'm on that front page. Even if okay. I, um, and a lot of times I'm ranked higher, my interview is ranked higher than the actual author's um, website. Wow. You know, since, I've, since I've been doing it so long, the search engines have really picked up on what I'm doing. And, it, and sometimes um, they'll show up in Google within hours of me actually posting it. You wow. know, like I'm con- I'm constantly having Google update my information. So, like, if I post something right now, probably within 15 minutes to 45 minutes, if you actually mm-hmm. search the title, search for the title in Google, it'll, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll, show, it'll show you my, my the post that I just put up. You know, so, so being on my website is actually, for a lot of people, beneficial because it actually gains them exposure that they wouldn't have otherwise, you know. Absolutely. What they're doing, all you got to do is just piggyback off what I'm doing, you know. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I sit down, I post it. You know, I'm putting this stuff on Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, LinkedIn. You know, I'm, I'm making a video, I'm putting that on all these different places, and that's less work that you would have to do as an author if you're trying to promote your book. 
You know, Absolutely. that's one less thing that you would have to do to try to figure out how am I going to create this? How am I going to get this out? How am I going to get the word out? You don't have to worry about that. That's what I'm here for. Now, can you tell us um, any of your authors that have made it to the Joey Pinkney bestsellers list, you know, authors that have gained exposure through you and have had, you know, good uh, or tremendous success with the book sales? Mm-hmm. Uh, one that stands out is an author named Madison. She wrote a series called, um, let me see, what was the name of that series? Give me a second. My, I know that when I posted hers, it actually when I when I um, posted the reviews of her book on like mm-hmm. Amazon and all these other places, mm-hmm. book clubs actually were buying her books by the dozen. Wow! And I was just like, whoa, that's that's uh that's incredible. Let me let me see if I can find it. another person that actually had the same uh same success. Uh, was this guy? He wrote a book called No More Mr. Nice Guy, and basically what he did was he wrote a book about his experience. Uh, in the the food industry, he actually worked for a restaurant chain, and mm-hmm. um, he sued for a couple million dollars and actually won. Wow! And so part of the lawsuit was that he couldn't talk about them specifically in his book, but he mm-hmm. could kind of tell about the experience. And like one thing he was doing, like he was he was um he was going through and he was actually making the um. Make, making the stores profitable. So what they were doing, they were just flipping them from store to store to store to store instead of letting them become, letting them move up in the company and become like an area manager, a district manager, a vice president. They were keeping right. on the man, store managerial level. And, you know, he, he pretty much was married to the store. He, you know, he sometimes he had to open and close the store because the store was not profitable. Uh, sometimes, you know, there was a district that wasn't, it had like a couple of bad apples. And he will always, some kind of way, have those stores to manage, and he would have to go in and whip everything into shape. And once he got him back up to shape, those stores started to be passed out to other managers who didn't really put in the work that he put in. And yeah. so, you know, and the, the stress levels of having to deal with that, and then he was dealing with like racial issues with the um, the people that was over him, like they was cracking race, racist jokes, or like they they'll, um, you know, um, like sometimes in his face. And wow. By, yeah, and by him going through that, it really um, caused him a lot of stress. You know, it caused him, like, uh, psychotic uh, mm-hmm. problems. Psychological and problems. Psycho- I'm sorry, thank you. Psychological problems, yes. And um, when I when I did the book review for his book, um, people were actually buying the book from my website, like, tens at a time. I guess it was, like, uh, business classes or book clubs or something mm-hmm. were buying his books. But they were actually, like, buying his books um, – like a lot of times when people buy books, they buy them sporadically, and obviously they buy one book. But this is people like paying for a fifteen dollar book and paying that times ten. So they were like laying down one hundred fifty dollars on Amazon just to have this wow. book based on my based on my book review. And you know, so you book can't, sales you, you helped him increase his book sales by what would you say if you had to put a number uh, over the lifetime of that um, of me actually. Since I've since I've actually reviewed his book and posted it on my website, I'll say I probably sold maybe about forty or fifty books. Wow, that's yeah. absolutely fabulous. Yeah, that, that is oh, yeah, and, and and keep in mind that's not typical. You know, that's not typical. I wouldn't say that's typical at all. Um, it's just that his book, I was totally amazed by his book, and um, I I did a real heartfelt review of his book, and I think a lot of people are actually feeling. The passion I was feeling, I was just like, you really right. have to read this to actually really understand what 
how it's hard to break through that quote-unquote glass ceiling. Like, he actually had a glass ceiling. Like, a lot of times, like, oh, that's not real. You know, you work hard. and Nah, right. this guy was actually, he was he was turning stores around. He was turning stores that they was actually having to pay at the end of the, you know, at the end of the fiscal year. They was actually um, having that store in operation at a deficit. He was actually right. making stores profitable. And he so still he wouldn't let them Oh, yeah. He was increasing productivity, company morale, customer morale. Because that's one thing he covers in the book because, it's not all about how profitable your story is. It's also about mm-hmm. how the customers feel about your story and what, what will make them want to come back to it. And, you know, he was turning the whole culture around for some of these stores and still wasn't getting the recognition that he deserved. So, you know, they was they was kind of gaining that from my book review, and I guess they were just like, this is a, a you know, perfect to, you know, perfect gift to hand out. Um, the other author I was talking about, uh, Madison, her, her she has a series called Scattered Lies. And, um, I was totally blown away by the first book and the second book. I'm actually in the process of reading. I'm way behind on doing a review on the third book in that series, but um, absolutely And it's called what again? Magical. It's called Scattered Lies. Okay. And, I mean, the, the, the plot twist in it and the different characters and every character has their own voice and their own uh, life that they're living. And, it's, you know, it's all kind of inner... They're all interrelated. It's not like an artificial, like, you know, you can kind of figure out what's going on from page to page. You really can't. Mm-hmm. And you really don't see how they're related, even from book to book, unless you actually, like, read from the beginning to the end, you know, because you, you can't. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not one of those things where you can, like, casually, like, glance through it and skip skip paragraphs and skip dialogue. You actually have to read all this stuff because it's significant as the story builds. And um, she's, she's had a lot of contact from uh, – book clubs and other websites to do all the interviews and book reviews based on my review. And that's one of the things that her publisher told me. Her publisher was just like, yo, whatever you do, man, keep doing it because we've had a great response and we can attribute, we can directly attribute it to your posting because we, we asked people, like, how did you hear about my book? They mm-hmm. said, com. And I was just like, yeah, that's, that's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I, I've even that's had an author um, – I've even had a reader. I have a um, couple of loyal readers that are, you know, read my stuff and comment and email me from time to time. And um, actually, had her um, tell me that she was at a book fair or a, a book expo somewhere in, in California, and she was like, she came up on the author, and the guy would try to introduce themselves, and she was like, Oh no, no, no! I already know who you are. I, I've seen this book on JoeyPinga.com, so I, I've already, I kind of got an idea of who you are, and that's incredible, you know. Yeah, that's incredible. You know, to actually get that email, that's so inspirational to me. That's, that's the type of stuff that, that uh, keeps me going, you know. Like, mm-hmm. how how cool is it that you actually, you know, you're constantly putting books out, constantly putting books out. How cool is it that those two people met, and before they even meet, she actually mm-hmm. seen that person's book on my website, you know. And that's, that's, that's that a that direct testimony that. to you as well, and to show that you're, you know, how passionate you are about your work, and how much you really put into, you know, each author that you give to each author. And, you know, when someone comes to you and brings their life work, because let's be honest, you know, you sit down and write a book, that's your baby, that's your project. And to turn that over to someone, you know, you're trusting them. So that just shows that, you know, you are trustworthy, that you do do what you promise to do. And, again, that's just a direct testimony to how passionate you are about your work. So, again, I, I think that what you're doing is 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm going to turn you back over to Tiffany because I know she has questions for you, and I'm just taking up all of your time. Hey, no problem. No, it's, oh, it's, it's been, it's been wow. Okay, uh, I just have um, a few questions. I just have two questions. Um, your plans, no, let's do the other one first. Since you've written about so many topics, what are some of the topics that we can um, look forward to in the future? Uh, one thing I'm going to start uh, making a point to cover, I'm going to actually, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep doing my author interviews, and that's going to always be there because I really, it's, it's so many different authors out there and readers are looking for stuff you can't find in Barnes & Nobles or sometimes you don't come across them on Amazon. So I'm going to keep that consistent. But something I want to, I plan on adding in the near future, and I've kind of toyed around with, I've written one article right now, but looking at the change in how, the uh, publishing industry is starting to transform into less paper and more e-books. You know, because you got all these e-book readers that are that are out there. Um, right. You have these different e-book formats. Um, yeah. You got like the, you, you got the um, the stuff that you got with Apple. You know, you got the Apple Bookstore. You right. got the Google Bookstore. You got Kindle. Right. You got a uh, Kobo Nook and all this kind of stuff. The Sony e-book reader. And what I want to start doing is actually covering, like, how this stuff is actually affecting us as readers and how it's affecting us as writers because there is a greater profit to be gained by readers, I mean, by readers and writers, but it's a better, uh, a higher profit to be gained by writers um, that's, that's right at their fingertips. You know, like, for the longest, the Internet has been an equalizer for a lot of people. It, it, it's been able to allow you to connect yourself with different readers, like I said earlier, without having to travel the world to do so. And what effect does that have on like your relationship with publishers or self-publishing? Right. Uh, what, what you know, what effect does it have on the profitability of even publishing? Now, because you know, a lot of people crack jokes like, oh, anybody and their mama can publish a book, and that right. might not necessarily be a bad thing because the cream is going to always rise to the top. You know, mm-hmm. so even if even if there's a ton of terrible books out there. You got millions of readers that um, can easily download that book, and they'll tell you word of mouth is still a powerful thing. You know, they'll tell you whether the book is good or not, and the good books are going to still continue to rise. But how do you how do you ride that wave as a um, as an author and and make make the most profit off of it? You know, like back in the day, it used to be you had to um, when you publish a book before ebooks became a craze. I mean, came the craze. You would have to like consider how many books do I need to get printed up because the more books I get printed up, the less each the the, the lower the cost for each book on a per book basis. But where am I going to keep all those books? I don't have a, um, a distribution channel as a um, self published author. You know, I don't have a lot of money to store them somewhere. I don't have a lot of space in my house to be trying to buy three thousand books and have this semi tractor trailer pull up to my house and I here I am like lugging all these books into the. <laughs> To the uh, garage. Now I can't park my car in the garage. I got three thousand books in there. Now how am I going to sell them? How am I going to get them? You know, it's just like it can be a nightmare. Flip side Before they is, buy, right, right. <laughs> yeah, flip side is I buy a hundred books. You know, and I run out of them quickly. But I'm also making less profit off of each book because a hundred book print run per book is going to cost you more than a thousand print book run. You know, but now. You got ebooks on it, you know. You got Kindle. I mean, it's, it's some people that only publish books on Kindle, and that's definitely mm-hmm. not a bad thing because they don't have to. Um, as a writer, they don't have to keep a thousand books in their closet somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have. They don't have to wait on a publishing company to wait. Like a lot of time, a publishing company, like the the big six publishing companies uh, that that are in New York, a lot of times they will they have a lead time before 
they will actually publish a book. So you probably won't. By the time you actually see the book um, on Amazon and the bookstores and stuff like that, it's been ready for like six months. But they've been mm. doing all the behind-the-scenes stuff, with, you know, trying to get printers in order and uh, trying to get the different bookstores ready to take these books. And then, you know, you, you, you send them like uh, you send a bookstore like 100 books, and they only sell 30. And so here they are pulling the cover, you know, the front cover off the book to send back to you as unsellable, you know. And so now as an author, your advance is actually um, – Pay you you're paying your your advance is paid off by your book sales, mm-hmm. and so now that that means that you won't see a dime another dime from that um, publishing company until you actually sell the equivalent amount of books to the profit that you made off of your advance. Right. You don't have to worry about that. You, you know, like with with the ebook publishing, you don't have to worry about that now. Uh, there's a woman named Amanda Hawking that actually um, she made two million dollars one year off of ebooks. Wow. Her price anywhere from ninety nine to two ninety nine. You know, but she sells tons of but she has a huge readership. She has a huge fan base and she's grown it because she's you know, she started off she writes you know, she she will write like snippets of her book on a website as she's creating her book on the back end. And once she actually got enough material for a book, she will actually take all the posts down off the website and point to her main page where she will actually sell the finished product. So these people have been going through a blog every day, every other day, and whatnot, and they'll, they, you know, they, and they kind of get in tune with the story, and all of a sudden the story gets snatched away from them in that form, but it's been put together in a book form. They can go straight to Kindle and download the whole book, completely edited, and so they already know her and have a feel for the characters that are involved. She's getting tons of stuff. She got to a point where she's actually signed a four-book deal hmm. for, um, I think, $2 million. Because she said, I want to do more writing. And I want to do less of the back ends of the accounting and all this kind of stuff. But mind you, she was a millionaire before she even signed that deal. But it was based off of ebooks, you know. And um, there's other authors they're clearing like twenty, thirty thousand dollars a month off of the books that they have available on Kindle and Nook and all that kind of stuff. So in terms of what I'm going to be doing in the future with my website, those are the type of things I want to kind of bring to light. Like, how are they doing it? You know, what are they doing to get it done? Mm-hmm. And I think that'll be an asset also to the readers and the writers that are a part of my own website. Absolutely. Wow. That is really awesome and, and see that's that's why I'm trying to take this. That that's good. That's good. There's people saying no money out here, it's money out here to be made. It is. It's it's man, it's so many people everybody got smartphones, everybody got these iPads, book readers, iPhones, everybody got computers nowadays. And now you don't have to lug around a, a paper book. You know, sometimes if you're a real reader, sometimes you may have three or four books on you, mm-hmm. and it's kind of clumsy to have them books in your purse or in your backpack or even in your hand. But now, you know, with e-books, you can you can load tons of e-books on your uh, on your smartphone or on your e-book reader. So now the whole me carrying a bunch of books around thing is kind of negated. You know, now it's just like how many books do you want? You know, right. and at ninety nine cent, one ninety nine, two ninety nine, you ain't killing yourself like when you buy. If you spend fifteen dollars on a book, you're gonna want that book to be good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just straight up and down, you're gonna want that book to be good. But if you um spend one ninety nine, ninety nine cent, you're not gonna be. You're still getting that same value, but you're not necessarily killing yourself over. You know, you're not thinking, all right, am I gonna eat or am I gonna buy this book? 
You know, it's not right. that big of a deal now, but you're still getting the same quality. And for the author, what I've seen is, um, sure, they might not be making as much profit on a per-book basis, but it's a ton easier to sell a 1,000 books at 99 cents than it is to sell 100 books at $15. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you end up seeing the profit on the back end where you're sell, selling more volume. You might be making less profit per book, but, you know, those books, those e-books can be downloaded anytime. You know, you physically have to, you know, you buy a book, either you had to see that person at a book signing, or you got to, you know, you buy it from Amazon or something like that, you got to wait on it to get shipped to you. Those e-books, you know, you download, and next thing you know, you get an email saying, hey, here's your here's your e-book, you know, uh, how you mm-hmm. want it. And that's within minutes, you know. So it's the whole idea of the publishing industry is changing right now. That's one of the things I want to start bringing the light and covering with people in a realistic way so they kind of see, you know, what's really going on. Wow. Mm-hmm. I know at 99 cents, I buy about 10 of them. That's $10. Yeah. And then yeah. you got all these free e-books out there, and they're actually pretty good books. You know, like if you look on, like, Twitter, um, if you um, put in, like, free e-book or free Kindle e-book, You'll find people that are actually like posting their whole novels for free. They just, you know, just just want to gain a reach. Or it might be like a sale going on where it was one ain't um now for like a week we're gonna let you download it for free. And and it, most people win because you get a book, you don't have to pay for it. And if you actually like that book and you like the author, you might now that you've had a chance to experience that, you might go out and buy his other books at nine ninety nine. I mean, not nine ninety nine, but one ninety nine. Mm-hmm. And then the reader, they win. I mean, the writer, they win because now, by giving that book away for free and not necessarily have to come out of pocket because this book was printed for four or five bucks, and now I'm like losing four or five bucks in order to get you as a reader. They're not losing anything when you download their ebook because it doesn't cost anything, and they're not coming out of their pocket for you to download a file. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's a win-win situation all the way around. Plus, they gain a fan base, so the the next yeah. book that the reader will be hungry for, and they'll want to pay the money for it. So that is a smart marketing idea. Yeah, they won't even they won't even mind paying for it. Mhm. Like if I read a, a real good book that's free, and I and I really like their author, and, and let's say that was the first book in the series, and I really want to know like how these characters are going to develop over time, like what what are these characters doing in, in the next book, based on what I read in the first book, I wouldn't mind. You know, at this point, I you know. You kind of, it's almost like if you divide the cost of those books, uh, since you got the first one free and you paid $1.99 for the second book, really you just pay like a dollar a book, you know what I'm saying, like when you average out the cost. So you got the first one free, second one for two bucks, two books, dollar each, you know, you can't lose with that. Okay, well, Joey, we're going to go ahead and take a break right now and uh, give our callers a chance to get ready to call in. Hopefully we have some with some questions for you, and uh, we'll be right back, okay? Sounds good. All righty.
We are back, and we have a really, really, really enjoyed our guest today, Joey Pinkney. And, um, wow, he has amazed me with um, his endeavors. The, this interviews, he's boosting book sales, and wow. Um, well, Joey, I just want to say um, thank you so much for even taking the time out of your busy schedule to sit with us today and talk to us. Um, is there anything else that you want the listeners to know? Um, yeah, actually, it's a couple things. One is that I, uh, I'm in the process of, I've been in the process of writing this novel for way too long. I don't know, like about two years ago. But life things have um, gotten away and um, uh, procrastination has gotten away. But I'm in the process of writing a book. Actually, I'm actually a published author also. Um, I've been in the Soul of a Man anthology, which is published by Peace in the Storm Publishing. Uh, the publisher's name is uh, Elisa Gabrielle. I had to give her a major shout-out because she really um, gave me the emphasis to actually – she gave me an outlet to actually be published, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So so I'm, I'm definitely indebted to her, and I really, I really, uh, really have to give her props on everything that she does. She she did a um, thing where she took 13 black men. Um, some of them were authors, some of them were interviewers like myself, poets. Um, her dad is a jazz musician, an international internationally known jazz musician, and she took all these people together and she actually had them either write stories, essays. Um, one one of the um, authors, his name is Jihad. He's a best selling, um, a national best selling author. Also, he actually. Um, submitted letters that he wrote to some of the younger people in prison, you know, to kind of give them inspiration. But the, the gist of the book is called The Soul of a Man, and, and she asked, like, what are some of the things that lies in the soul of black men? What are some of the things that we don't see of you guys in the media and stuff like that that goes on in your everyday life? And she wanted us to write from that perspective. And she wanted to keep it, you know, positive and not raunchy or anything like that. So it had, you know, it was Christian. It was it was for the Christian market. It was supposed to be a, um, a an inspirational type book. I wrote a story in there called Like Father, Like Son, and basically it was a book about um, a stepfather and his ordeal with um, dealing with his wife, you know, loving his wife, but then also trying to keep a 16 year old son in line who was starting to become more criminalistic, you know, starting to uh, uh, get off the path in terms of doing stuff that's positive for the community. And uh, in, in writing that story, it gave me an opportunity to, like, um, in some senses, uh, explore new characters, explore different things. And um, that, that short story um, is, is very, very informative. A lot of people liked it because it was like it's one of the first times they've actually had to see this. The step, they got a chance to see the stepfather's side in what goes on in a family that's somewhat dysfunctional. And, you know, you got the mother who's, you know, she her baby is her baby. She's going to always protect protect her child. Even if sometimes the child might be wrong, she'll right. still make sure that nobody else, you, you know, I can whoop them, but you can't. You know, right. that type thing. And so, um, and and the and the stepfather he respects that, but he also knows that him being a black man in America, he knows the trials and tribulations. He knows the reality of racism, the reality of um, economic inequality, educational inequality, and stuff like that. And he wants to be an example, not only be an example for his stepson, but he also wants to uh, be a, a 
a guide for him, and he's trying to keep him from doing that stuff. But he also is like, I'm not a pushover either. I'm not a punk, you know what I'm saying? I don't want either one of you guys to think that everything that he does is fine and you can just get over on me, you know. And so the book, that my short story in there is actually, you know, about the trials and tribulations that he goes through when he, you know, he, he's trying to show his wife respect and also show the son respect. And it seems like that he's just caught in the middle of a, of a whirlwind, you know. And a lot, mm-hmm. like I said, a lot of, a lot of um, female readers were like, "Now I, I better understand my boyfriend, or I better understand my husband, and dealing with my child as his stepchild because there's certain things that I, I won't allow to happen, or I will support in my child that um, he doesn't." And I never really understood like why he would get quiet. I never really understood why he would say things a certain way. But after reading your story, it makes more sense. So that that book is called The Soul of a Man. Um, if you um, search for The Soul of a Man on um, Amazon or Barnes & Noble, you'll find that book. Um, it's a blue cover with um, a man on it on the front. It's got everybody's mm-hmm. names on it. Um, that's one book. It's, it's a great book. Also, the other stuff, the other authors that contributed, I mean, that's, that's some it's very inspirational stuff in there. Like um, one man writes about his uh, – uh, he writes from the standpoint of Adam, where art thou? You know, like where where are the black men that are supposed to be leaders of their family, leaders of their community, leaders? You know, period. You know, like where have you guys gone? You know, what are you guys doing, and what are you going to do to regain your leadership status, your leader status in your family, in your community, in your church? Um, so he writes about that. Um, there's, there's a lot of different short stories that are extremely interested in that. Um, also, I'm featured in um, a Kindle short story competition. Uh, uh, MyQuestionOfTheDay.com actually held a, a Kindle competition uh, where they had people enter in their stories in the top ten by popular vote went on to the next stage and then um, she had some judges anonymously rank the stories in you know from one to ten and mm-hmm. I ended up winning that too so I'm not only am I in the um, anthology that came wow. from that I'm also, I also went won the Kindle that I use to read and do book reviews. Actually, won that from that. That's also on Amazon. So, if you, uh, I think you search search for my name and it'll come up. You know, on Amazon. On Amazon. Re- Amazon dot com. Now, my most recent book is um, that I'm in. I'm, uh, I haven't published my own novel yet. That's what I'm working on. But another book that that is um, that I'm in is the Gumbo for the, the latest ep- I'm saying episode, but the latest edition of Gumbo for the Soul. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm in that one. It's, it's called uh, the the theme for this particular book is Men of Valor. Okay. And um, I write about my grandfather. My grandfather um, on my dad's side, he used to have to go to Mississippi during the summers. And you know, for the most part, I liked it. But you know how it is. After you know, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever been in that situation. But you know, when you go to um, go out of town for the summer, you go hang out with family, whether grandparents or cousins or an aunt or something like that. It's a mm-hmm. uh, it's a time span that you can you can tolerate being there and it's all cool and then it's just that one day where you just be like it's time for me to go back home. Right. <laughs> I'm ready to get back in my room, my bed, right. watch my TV, ride my right. bike around my neighborhood. I don't, I, you know, I love it here. I love the country. Actually, I really did enjoy it, but it, it, you know, it was only a certain amount of time I could be there. And I'm just like, can y'all take? Can somebody come pick me up? You right. know. <laughs> and um. And and the thing about me ready being being so ready to leave was um my grandfather I didn't know that he was he he actually died like a couple of days after I actually begged my dad to let me you know take me back home but wow. before he died he actually um 
we had no idea that he was about to um, pass. And one day he actually took me, um, we was talking and stuff, and he actually took me aside, and he was, like, telling me some real serious life stuff that was way over my head. I think I was, like, 12 or 13 or something like that. So I was thinking mm-hmm. about, like, whatever girl I was in love with then or riding mm-hmm. to the corner store and all that kind of stuff. You know, and they, like, I'm in, I'm in the middle of Mississippi, but at the time, you know, my parents lived in Memphis. So I'm, like, hundreds of miles away, and I'm just, like, my my brain isn't here right now. I mean, I hear what you're saying, mm-hmm. but it's two things. One, I'm not mature enough to actually um, fully right. digest this information, and two, I'm ready to go, you know. But <laughs> I did respect him, so I sat down and I listened to him, and he was he was really giving me some life jewels that um, I took with me today. And, 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 and the stuff that he was telling me then, I really didn't get the full effect until years later after I made tons of mistakes and I came into right. my, my maturity and I went through certain life things, not necessarily bad stuff, but just, you know, stuff with friends that end up not being friends or uh, situations that could have been handled differently. You know, you just got a hot head, short fuse, and so you just say the first thing that comes to your mind as opposed to sitting back and looking at it for what it is and allowing it to pass as opposed to you trying to make it pass, you know, Little stuff like that when you're immature, it took me like maybe about 20 years to actually fully understand what I was actually getting, you know. What's there with the name me. of it? Um, the, the book is called, um, <clears throat> it's called Gumbo for the Soul. Okay. And um, it's, uh, the publisher name is uh, Beverly Johnson. It actually comes, I think it comes out January 12th. So it's oh, right around the corner. Cool. Yeah. And I'm, I'm gonna, cool. Yeah, it's right around that's the corner. Cool. And I'm about to actually, um, put some links up on my website. I haven't done so yet. It's one of my future projects. So I'm actually put links up to those books I'm mentioning. So you'll be able to see that stuff on joeyfinger.com uh, shortly. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, that's that's my contribution. But there's other contributions in there that talks about the the value of men in mm-hmm. your life, you know, from different aspects. Not everybody's, like, getting that life story right before the grandparent dies. You know, some people actually, you know, have – other men in their lives that are, have been mm-hmm. a continual um, inspiration to them. And, a, and I, you know, I, I've been affording these opportunities, man, and it's, it's been great. You know, uh, another book that I'm in is uh, it's called I Am Royalty, Profiles in Black History, Volume 3. Mm-hmm. I'm actually in that where I talk about some of the stuff I'm talking to you about, you know. And um, to find those books, you can just search Joey Pinkney on um on Amazon, you can find the books that way. But now, are this, these also linked? Are are, are these um, cataloged on your website as well, or is it better to just search it on Amazon? Uh, they're not cataloged yet. That's actually a future project. So within the next couple of days, definitely by next Monday, they're going to actually be on my uh, on my website also. But so as of right what's now, the name of it again. Which one? The, the last, last one, one I just said. Uh-huh. It's called it's called I am I am royalty, profiles in Black History, Volume Three. Well, there yeah, you so, have um, listeners. We got I am royalty. We have like father, like son. We have gumbo for the soul. Is that correct? Gumbo for the soul, yes, ma'am. Okay. Uh, like father, like son is a short story that's in um, uh, the soul of a man. Okay, and, and then also, we have five minutes, last, five minutes. Yeah, we have, I mean, you got like to mention everything. Go ahead. One last book I want to mention, because this is actually the most interesting one, is um, this is a book called Psycho by Psycho, and, um, Psycho like okay. uh, psychotic, psycho, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, psychopath, yeah, by an author named Mickey Star Martin. 
And the cool thing about this book is I actually am a character in the book. Wow. Yeah, like oh. when she wrote a book, she wrote a book from the perspective of she took, like, characters from some of the female authors that have uh, inspired her to write. Mm-hmm. And she writes the book. The main character is a psychologist mm-hmm. that um that some kind of way is channeling these other characters and giving them um, psychological advice. You know, she, she's their psychologist. And some kind of way she's on she slid me into the story, you know. So I'm acting like well, a character you're not in the, the book psycho, also. No, I'm not the psycho. I don't do anything like that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm acting. I'm, I'm, a, I'm doing a cameo. That's the coolest thing. I'm doing a cameo in a book. How you like that? Teasing you, that. just teasing you. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, I love it. So, so yeah, that, I want to want to give her a shout out, Mickey Star Martin. If you if you search Joey Pinkney on uh, Amazon, you'll come across most of those books I just mentioned, and you know. I'm support the author, support me. You know, a lot of these books are really not that expensive. Like the um, the Kindle Competition book, uh, my short story was actually a short story called Maxine. And there's another stepfather type thing um, mm-hmm. where the <clears throat> the mother was having a hard time getting her daughter educated. You know, she really didn't understand um, how to approach her daughter's learning styles and, and ability to learn. You know, not everybody learns the same. Some people, you can just hand them a book, and they can get the information. Other people, you actually have to read to them. Mm-hmm. Other people, you have to kind of say, all right, so you see this over here. Do you remember when your cousin fell off the blah, blah, blah? But that's what right. this is. Right. Like, you know, some people, like, need examples. So she couldn't really figure out what fit her daughter. And for the longest time, you know, her daughter was spelling in school and stuff like that. And so she um, marries her husband. And the daughter didn't like her husband at first, you know, mm-hmm. typical of a stepchild. It's like, you're not about to move in here and mess up our family thing. But mm-hmm. he um, uh, he stuck with it. He was real patient with it because he kind of knew, like, you know, you can actually do school. you just not – nobody's actually – the teachers are not coming to you and making you do school properly. And so she ends up going from being an F student to an um, all-A student, Um and you know the mother's all in tears, like you know my baby's actually learning this stuff. My baby's, you know, and she's like, I'm just, I just thank you for being patient with me. So that short story is called Maxine, and that's in the uh, my question of the day short story Kindle competition uh, book. But you can find it on Amazon too. There's a lot of interesting stuff out there. Good to know. That is good to know. Well, listeners, you have it, Mr. Joey Pinkney. He's given us a lot of information. Again, I would personally like to thank you. Um, I'm just excited to go in and read what else you have to offer. And, um, you know, uh, Tiffany is a writer as well. And so, you know, it's good to know that we have a form and a voice for us to, you know, represent us. So, again, we want everybody to to go to joeypinkney.com and also to Amazon and look up these, you know, these wonderful books or stories and also – you know, follow him on Twitter, follow him, you know, on Facebook and help support some of the authors that he is featuring and get, you know, try to uh, get out here and, and find out, you know, what else there is for us to, to listen to and to read. Because some of the things that you have shared with us have just been awesome. Some of the stories you've told us, some of the books that you've shared and some of the authors that you've featured you know, have piqued my interest. So, again, I would like to thank you so much for that. Thank you. I appreciate um, the opportunity to be on this show. Absolutely, Tiffany. 
I will be following you. Um, I always follow you anyway and favorite a lot of your tweets and retweet. But, yeah, you are. Hey, really I appreciate good. it. I just Googled your name, and it's like, okay, I'm on, like, the fourth page, and it's just, they just still comment. They just still comment. So mm-hmm. I know I'll be going back through that to um, check out some of the sites that are not that popular, like Facebook and Twitter, but do the same thing, you know, where it's, it's social media and it's more exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's a lot of name sites that are still uh, relevant to authors, you know, in terms of, like, the business aspect of it. That um, If you Google my name, you'll come across some of those also. I'm still some, somewhat um, active in those also. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, it was having you with us and um, we will look forward to having you again in the future. I know you're going to be doing some real big things so we're definitely going to keep in contact. Um, Mario's under the weather but um, he's on chat (laughs) but he's really enjoying the show uh, as well. And uh, We just want to thank you again here at Black Writer Space. Thank you very uh, much. We look forward to having you back. I was just about to say that whenever you want me to come back, please do. I'll be more than happy to. I definitely will. And just so you guys know, I just tweeted him last night, and he was like, sure. So I, I love, love that. I love that. So um, thank you again, and please enjoy the rest of your evening. Absolutely. Okay, bye-bye. We are going to go to break, so we'll be right back.
are back. Wow. Really, 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 really great show. That was awesome. That was so awesome. Was. Mario, you there? No, maybe he's not. He was on chat. Oh, okay. I'm I'm trying to stay out the hallway. Oh, no, that's okay. Um, uh, yeah, I just I just wanted to say that he's amazing. Like the things that he's doing, the creativity that he that he has, that's that's crazy. Like, and he's very the way he presents himself. You know, mm-hmm. it's like he can go on and, and not miss a beat and get yeah. all the information out. So the listeners. And for those who may miss the show, who goes back and listen to the show, they can catch up to it, whatever you prefer. I mean, mm-hmm. he's great, you know. I'm actually reading a lot of his stuff right now. Right. Sorry, that, sorry that my voice is all crazy, but um, I was reading some of the stuff that he was uh, uh, reviewing of just his different projects, and it's like, dude, I, I, I want to be like you in a minute. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> You know, so hopefully if in the future we can uh, sit down and talk a little bit more. So that's all I got. D, I, I just well, want to say oh, go ahead. you did an awesome job, and, Thank and you. I appreciate it. And and I, I want you to do it some more with us, you know. And, Tiffany, you already know you, you do a good job, even though you threw me under the bus yesterday. That's why I'm sick. But I just want to say y'all did a good job, and I'm going to get out of here. You know, I'm not feeling too good, so keep up the good work, and uh, we'll talk later. All right. Hope you feel better. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I am looking at his Twitter right now, and he has um, 39,000 followers. Wow. Well, it's going to be 39,001 when I add him. <laughs> Right, right, and then he's following thirty nine thousand. Now see, they all they kill me with this with Twitter. Now see, I I feel good now because I have like eighteen hundred people mm. following me. Then mm-hmm. I'm following like two thousand, and they're like, you're not supposed to have, you're not supposed to be following as many people that follow you and all that. Now I see his is all just about even. Okay, cool. No, okay. <laughs> and then his tweets forty one thousand. It's just some old rule they made up. I don't I don't understand what the importance is, but. Now I feel good. He's following just as many people that's following him. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> in, uh, today's show, I really, really, really enjoyed him. Uh, but yeah. like I said today, we always have um, awesome guests. Like every single rip, it does not fail. God is good. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. And he didn't miss a beat. I mean, like Mario said, the way he presented himself, the way he presented the information, um, you know, he made me excited about what he was doing. You know, he makes you want to be a part of it. You know, and one thing that we always, well, you guys, I say we, I'm included, but you all always ask him what we didn't get a chance to ask him was what can Black Writer Space do to help you, you know, further your cause. And, you know, I just think that, you know, even without asking, he put it out there, you know, I'm going to have my book out on the on the 12th and, you know, follow me on Twitter and, you know, look at these things on Amazon. So even without asking, you know, and I, I look forward to meeting him and, and, you know, just promoting everything that he does. So he seems to be a good person, and I'm inspired by what he said. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to be um, 
going on. And I, well, I've been to his website, but I'm going to look up some of the books that he was talking about on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And then, like I, I Googled him, it was like, man, <laughs> it was just coming and coming and coming. When he yeah, said he does all these different sites and he does this consistently, he is not lying. Yeah, he's I'm, not. I Googled him, too. And, and it was like four, five, four pages, four or five pages of just different things that he's done. And you're right. Absolutely. Yeah, it's more. It's actually more than that. I just stopped at four. But, right. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Going to also be having the um, the healthcare corner. What's going to yes. be the next topic for that? The next topic for that is going to be high blood pressure. Um, you know, a lot of times people have high blood pressure. They don't even know it. You know, it's the silent killer, um, especially as African Americans. Um, or even any minority group, you know, we have a higher incidence based off of things that we eat, different things like that. So um, for our listeners, if you have any questions that you would like answered prior to, if you could please email those questions to blackwriterspace.com, we would appreciate it. Is that where you wanted to go, Tiffany? Yes. Okay, um, to blackwriterspace.com. And, no, um, so we no. Can, no? black. Face. No, uh, no, it's not. I have the domain, but it's not quite set up. We okay. have a new coming for the magazine, so that'll be used for that. But we do have, um, we have our blog. Our blog is blackwriterspace.blogspot.com. Also, we have our networking site, which has been uh, up since 2006. We have about 300 people on there. You can go on there. That's a link site. You can go on there, create your own profile and all of that while it's still free. Because it will not be free um, after March. It will be a start along to that network after that. But that website is blackwriterspace with two S's, .ning.com. Then you can always email us at blackwriterspace at gmail.com. And then we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on, um, what else am I on? Well, pick one, pick one, so so we can get all the questions at one spot. Would you like to go to the Gmail account? You think that'll be easier? The G, no, the Gmail. That's the only email we have. Is the Gmail the, okay, the Black so Writers Space? Questions for girls. Dot com. Wow. Okay. okay. So any nine. questions that we have, um, you, know, you guys have, you know, for me, um, please feel free to send them and. I will uh, answer any questions that you have, but that's going to be our next topic. And when are we going to do that, Tiff? Um, the next show will be Monday. Okay. We will not be having a show tomorrow. Okay. So so Monday we'll address those questions, so that gives you the entire weekend. You know, we all know someone that has high blood pressure or suffers from high blood pressure, and there may be some questions that we, you know, uh, want to address. So, Please feel free to send those questions in. Again, we had a wonderful, 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 wonderful guest tonight, Joy Pinkney. I appreciate all the information that was given, Tiffany. That was a wonderful catch and a wonderful find. Um, Mario, I hope you feel better. I just want to thank both of you all for allowing me to come on, and I just had a blast, a blast, a blast. Tiffany? Okay. Uh, I thank everyone for listening, and have a good evening, and we will see you guys back on Monday at 7 p.m. Thank you. Absolutely. Good night.
get it. Late night lover, you know, the one that swings like no other. I know I got a lot of things I need to explain, but baby, you know the name. And love is about pain, so stop the complaints and drop the order of restraints. I set life's the game, so back me down in the pain. I can't wait no more. Cause it's about a quarter past three, and sure days I mean, I got the Bentley Ballet. And I'm just outside of Jersey, past the Palisades. And I love to see that Throw down on the bed while I'm yanking your braids Thug style, you never thought I'd make you smile While I'm smacking your and you're all wild But we share something so rare But who cares, you cares, baby I'm not always It's only a sun shower. We've been through worse weather like that. Storm me like you wrote a dead job letter. And took my bands and keyed and cut the leather. But you know better. He's M.O.B. Money over murder. I.N.C. I got two or three for every V. And I keep you drugged up off that. I'm a playground legend like Kirkland B. Reed. They must in the league got more game than me. I play harder. So many women I bothered. Meet them with scars and sit them home hot and bothered. Truth to dare. This life ain't apparently fair. And the love with no glare is a crystal stare. But we share something so rare. But who cares? You can't. Nothing but the hits. Nothing but the hits. Nothing but the mother of hits.